I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to College Football Live, presented by... Buffalo Wild Wings. Hello, everybody. We have had ourselves a day. Welcome to College Football Live. I'm Wendy Nett with Tom Luganville and Desmond Howard. In case you missed it, and certainly nobody in Cincinnati did, let's take a look at the initial college football playoff rankings brought to you by Allstate. This is just the first one. Everybody take a deep breath. But as always, there were some surprises, especially in the top six. Here's what we have. Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, and Oregon round out the top four. Ohio State finds themselves at five. Cincinnati finds themselves at number six. We got plenty of time to get in this, but some initial takeaways. Luke, I'll start with you. To be honest with you, I think the committee took the position that they felt like they could defend the easiest. Now, we can debate Michigan State and Alabama. One might have better players. The other might be the better team right now. But look, they deferred to the head-to-head between Oregon and Ohio State. I get that right now. It's early. And for those who say, wow, Cincinnati got punished because they're a group of six team, go ask Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma how he's feeling right now, undefeated, and they're a power five team. I tell you what, I was surprised when I saw Alabama at number two. I never saw that one coming. I was like, wow, this this, this is kind of high right now, right out the gate for Alabama. But I guess the uh, committee was trying to make a statement. And obviously, Cincinnati um, being as low as they are at number six, um, just forget, just don't forget that before yesterday, we all thought that maybe they were number two, maybe number three, definitely by their body of work up to today, a top four team. So for them to be slotted at number six, um, I thought that was too low. But it also told us that this is going to be the ceiling now for a group of five team because we all thought that this was the year a group of five team had their best opportunity to crack the top four and for them to come out in the initial rankings and put Cincinnati at number six it let us know what they thought about the group of five uh, programs. Well, I think therein lies the rub, Des, right? Not that this is static, not that these rankings won't change. They will, but it does give you an indication of how the committee is thinking, in particular with these group of five programs, because for the first time since the college football playoff rankings were established in 2014, there was a real chance that Cincinnati would make history as the first group of five team to make the top four. Well, not much luck. They do find themselves higher than any group of five team in history, though. Here's Gary Barta. I would say the committee has great respect uh, for Cincinnati. Uh, the win at Notre Dame, Notre Dame clearly at Notre Dame is a, a, a really impressive win. Uh, when you look at their, their schedule after that or who they played after that, uh, who else did they beat? Well, that was one perspective, and as always, there are several, as you might imagine, a different uh, different take from Cincinnati head coach Luke Fickle. Here's what he had to say. Who was the chairman? I don't know. I what, think what's his name? Gary Barta. Oh, it's Gary Barta from Iowa, I believe. Barta. Did he play football? 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know his background I other don't, than he's an athletic administrator. I, mean, I, I don't know who he is. I don't really care. But my guess was, have you played the game of football? It's not, winning's not easy. And that's why they get him, give him the microphone and let him talk and sit in a room and make decisions. It's, it's an imper- imperfect world, and everybody has their opinion. You know, the opinions really matter at the end of the year, and, and we'll figure out and find out what that is. But, uh, you know, those kinds of things, yeah. Those are the, that would be something that bothers me more than where they have you ranked is, you know, when somebody goes on there and wants to make comments about who you are and what you are and what you should do, this is who we are, this is what we do. You know, and if that's not good enough, then that's not good enough. Cincinnati's conference commissioner, Mike Oresco of the AAC, not a fan of the initial rankings. Here's what he said. These rankings, the more you look at them, they're indefensible. It's clearly a Power 5 invitational. We'll see what happens the rest of the year. Let's hope that uh, something changes in the way this thing is being viewed. And, Des, uh, listen, if, if nothing does change, then I think you're right. What we're seeing here, unfortunately for Cincinnati, is likely the ceiling and, and, not, and not the floor. Yeah, it really is. I think the um, the committee to put Cincinnati at number six, I mean, had they put them at number five, I would say that there's some hope that they can slip into the um, the top four. But to put them at number six and then for uh, for Gary Barta to make the comment that he did yesterday as a, as a spokesperson for the committee, you wouldn't think that he would anticipate a question about Cincinnati and that he would actually provide everyone with a better, uh, a better answer. Don't forget, this is supposed to be some sort of transparent group that, that, that we have now with the the selection committee, but the group can only be as transparent as the spokesperson who comes out every Tuesday and talks to Reese Davis and gives us answers about why they did certain things. I would have anticipated him uh, having a much better response for the Cincinnati question than the one he provided last night, which actually lacked any substance. So that was very disappointing to see him um, try to defend Cincinnati at number six with such uh, a weak comment, um, Luz. And I think that, that Cincinnati deserves better. I understand Luke Fickle's point as far as did this guy play football because it is hard to win games. I mean, you have teams losing to teams that, that they shouldn't lose to all the time and they should be given credit for doing what they did, meaning the Bearcats. That's how I look at it, Lugs. Well, I'll tell you what, Des, I'm not so sure that Cincinnati isn't looking at this through the wrong lens. And, and hear me out, and Mike Oresco as well, because I think Mike Oresco's statement is, is incorrect. Take a look at the teams that are ranked in front of them and look at them all. They play each other. They're going to knock each other out. I think they're counting on an Ohio State or a Michigan State, or potentially both, all right, because you still have Michigan in the mix right now, I think they're anticipating that thing crumbling and assuming that Cincinnati will play good enough football to win out, and then they will naturally be placed in the slot that they should ultimately belong if those things happen in front of Cincinnati. So I think they could look at it with more of a positive spin, knowing who's on the schedule on the back half, and that includes Oklahoma. Oklahoma's got Baylor, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, so they still got some tough games in front of them. And Cincinnati could use Michigan's help at the right time. So I don't know if the sky is falling yet for Cincinnati. 
I love that glasses half full of approach. Right? I love that. I love, I love the optimism. It's the glasses half full. I love that. But you know, you you have to have things happen in front of Cincinnati. Don't forget. Yep. But then, like you said, you have Michigan who's behind Cincinnati. You yep. have Oklahoma who's behind Cincinnati. Like these teams can also leapfrog Cincinnati because they have games on their schedule against mm-hmm. ranked teams, and Cincinnati they don't at this point. So. It seems like Cincinnati is like literally, literally stuck between a rock and a hard place when you look at the teams that's in front of them and you look at the teams that's behind them and you look at their strength of schedule. I just don't see much wiggle room right now for Cincinnati to slip into the top four unless something catastrophic happens in front of them and behind them. And you know what, Lugs? I think that's a fair point. That's a very positive assumption they might be making. But you're essentially taking it out of Cincinnati's hands, right? You're saying you can do whatever you do. You take care of everything you're supposed to do, and then we'll see. We're going to let other people decide. Now, I know there's a strength of schedule argument and all that, but I don't know. This one's a tough one for me at six. I don't think anybody thought they'd land at two. But but four, five, I don't know, six six seems a little harsh. Uh, But, again, it's just the first week, and, and we'll see. Uh, But they'll have to have some help. There was also the debate, guys, about Oregon and Ohio State because obviously we wanted to talk about, you know, how much we valued the head-to-head matchups. And then there's the style point equation here. So how do we feel, uh, Luke, about Oregon at four? I think this was the easiest move for the committee because they can, even if the committee, and I don't know how Des feels, I believe that Ohio State is the more talented team. I know who won the head-to-head. Even if the committee believes that or believes that that will be true down the stretch, Right now, for the first release, deferring to -to head-to-head is not only the right move, but it's the most defensible move, and it gives the committee the most wiggle room. People fail to realize that while Oregon won that game, all right, Ohio State didn't play like a bunch of chumps. Did you see their offensive output? What they It wasn't like they got throttled at home by a poor football team. And so I think this is the one that was the easiest choice to make for the committee. I'm not convinced the committee thinks Oregon's better than Ohio State right now, but the head-to-head won out at this time. That may not happen three weeks from now. Yeah, for me, coming into the, the rankings, you know, with all the talk about, you know, where, where they're going to rank Ohio State, where they're going to rank Oregon, who's going to be ahead of who, I thought it was a no-brainer because of the head-to-head, because the games yep. on the field, they must mean something. And every other year, every time you hear the, um, the, the, the analysts trying to split hairs between certain teams, that's one of the points that always comes up if they played each other. You always talk about, okay, but this team won the head-to-head, so you have to give them the nod. Ohio State is a team that on paper you would think that they have much more talent, especially the fact when you consider that Oregon, they've been really, really um, beat up this year. I mean, they got, they've missed a lot of starters now because due to injury. So they probably don't have the roster that Ohio State has, but when you look how competitive Ohio State has been against teams that can really put up resistance, Ohio State has not looked great against teams that can put up any sort of resistance. They didn't look great against Minnesota. They didn't look great against Oregon. They lost at home. Don't forget, Oregon traveled across country without two of their best players and beat Ohio State convincingly, meaning they controlled the game from the opening kickoff. For four quarters. And then last week, again, against Penn State, they did not look great, but they won. Now, you look at the games against, what, Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, 
those are only games that Ohio State actually looked like a great team. So I'm still not convinced that Ohio State is this team that's, you know, a great football team once you put up a formidable opponent in front of them because they just haven't looked that great against guys who can give the resistance so far, Lugs. Well, well, here's the thing, too, Des, that I just, I'm fascinated to watch unfold because does anybody trust anybody in the Pac-12? I mean, the bottom line is Oregon's ranked in front of Cincinnati, too. Have you seen the teams that are left on Oregon's schedule? You've got Utah. You've got an up-and-coming Oregon State. You've got Washington uh, yep. this week. You've got Washington State just throttled ASU. Who's to say that yep. Oregon's going to come out of this thing unscathed? So a lot of football to be playing. With the chaos that we've seen, I don't know if I trust anybody to rise to the top of the Pac-12 and stay there from week to week. Well, which is exactly why with at least these initial rankings, guys, you, you got to trust the head-to-head, -head, at least right this minute. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, why, right. why have a head-to-head -head matchup? Right. That may change, but I, I yep. agree. At least at least with the first crack at it, come on. I think it was the right thing to do. Uh, listen, we're just getting warmed up, right? Too high, too low. Maybe we'll think somebody's just right. I mean, I don't know. Probably not, but it's possible. Uh, we'll look at the, the initial rankings with regard to Alabama and Oklahoma next. College Football Live is presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's revisit some questions as we look at the committee's initial rankings since he finds itself at six matching the lowest mark for any team ranked in the top two AP poll in any week of the playoff era. Hmm. Despite a 9-0 record Oklahoma is number eight. This is tied for the second lowest by a 9-0 or better power five team in any of the committee's rankings and then of course Alabama coming in at number two. Bama the highest ranked one loss team in the committee's initial rankings in the playoff era. So again, this is just the first one. There will be more uh, loops, but let me ask it this way. Are you more surprised at Alabama at two or Oklahoma at eight? Whew, that's a good question. Um, I really didn't anticipate Alabama being at two, especially, don't forget, that not only did they lose to, to Texas A&M, but they also lost to Texas A&M, who was starting a backup quarterback. So I didn't think that they would still be ranked as high as they, well, as they, high as they are right now. It really surprised me. Oklahoma, I kind of understand it, because, um, you know, for most of the year, we've been trying to figure out this Oklahoma team. They've been consistently playing to the level of their competition for the most part. And even when Caleb Williams came in, took over the, the, the Texas game, everyone thought, okay, this is the shot in the arm that the Sooners needed. Then they went out and they handled their business against TCU, but then they fell flat again against Kansas. And they ended up winning the game, but they didn't win in convincing fashion. So I can see why Oklahoma would be dropped as far down as they have, um, have, as they have been in the initial rankings, but 
Alabama skyrocketing to number two right out the gate. That kind of su surprised me a little bit, Lukes. Yeah, I was surprised by that as well. And, you know, getting a chance to see Michigan State this coming week, is, it's going to be a treat. And I, I think this was the argument. Do, is it the team with the best athletes and the best depth and that track record versus the team that's playing the best football, that's played the most clean football, that's tough, not overly flashy? That's what Mel Tucker's group is. They just find ways to win, gut things out. And I think that was probably what was weighed there. One's undefeated, to your point. The other has a loss on the road versus a team with a backup quarterback. I'm sure that, that, that carried some weight. You know, for Oklahoma, I think that – I really think that their preseason hype doomed them because they didn't play on defense the way people expected them to play on defense week in and week out. And then offensively, as we all know, they had sputtered. But this last weekend, and obviously it didn't leave enough of an imprint in the minds – of the committee members, but Oklahoma looked like Oklahoma. They looked like it on offense. They looked like it on defense. They looked like it in the kicking game. This is a team that might be peaking at the right time. And remember, they played nine straight weeks without a bye. They get a bye, and then three games, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State to finish out the season. Uh, it's so interesting, guys, because if, if you talk about that bar being set too high for Oklahoma, then you think, are they a victim of their own preseason hype? That's certainly not the case for Alabama. It's almost like they benefit from it. So, so it's interesting. But again, exactly. uh, things will change. And let's take a look now at some of the lower-ranked teams who did go on, in fact, to make the college football playoff. We had Ohio State at 16 in 2014 after the initial rankings because they had a loss to Virginia Tech. The Buckeyes wouldn't lose again. They won a national title. And then a year later, the aforementioned Oklahoma squad, 15th initially. The Sooners would bounce back from their lone loss in the Red River showdown, and they made the playoff. That same season, Michigan State at one point was ranked 13th. The Spartans ended up winning the Big Ten, making it to the playoff now in part thanks to a win over Ohio State. And then just a few years ago, 2019, Oklahoma ranked 10th at one point before winning the Big 12 en route to the college football playoff. They eventually were ousted by LSU. Don't forget, by the way, to vote for which team you think will be the Dr. Pepper one final team by using the hashtag one final team. Lucky to have with us now Chris the Bear Felica who steps in and, and Bear, look, I know you'll be headed to Cincinnati. College game day will be there this weekend. I think it's uh, fair to say we know what the mood will be, but I would ask you what, what should the mood be if you're the Bearcats? It's understandable they're going to be disappointed with where they are uh, in, in the rankings based on what we've seen the AP poll and, and the coaches poll rank them so far this season. But you've got to take the positives, take a step back and look at the big picture here. You are the highest ranked group of five team ever in the initial college football ranking. You are ranked ahead of two undefeated power five teams. That's a lot of respect. You, you take a look at the road. There are still plenty of avenues for Cincinnati. Oregon has probably two games with Utah, two rivalry games against Oregon State and Washington. The Ohio State-Michigan State thing will, will shake itself out. Uh, Alabama could easily lose the SEC championship game to, to Georgia or maybe not even make it if they were to lose at, lose at Auburn. So I, I think people are like, oh, my goodness, this is not what we've seen all year long with Cincinnati. They're not number two. They're not number three. But at the same time, the Bearcats, I think, are still in a pretty good, in a pretty good spot right here. 
Bear, it's good to see you. I can't wait to, to get to Cincinnati. I, I feel the same way their fans feel right now. Slightly disappointed. Only because what you want at this point is you want a chance to control your own destiny. That's what you want. You want the selection committee to give you a position where you can control your own destiny. What you just described and what everyone's talked about is things have to happen on the front end and things also have to happen on the back end. I understand they're ranked uh, ahead of two undefeated Power 5 teams. I get that, but they probably deserve to be higher than those two teams. But they still don't control their own destiny sitting at number six. Had they been ranked at number five, if you put them at number five, I would say they have a greater chance of controlling their own destiny. But I think that's what Luke Fickle's problem is with sitting at number six, Luke, that they don't control their own destiny. Things have to happen in front of them and behind them, despite the fact they may win all of their games in order for them to get into the top four. Now, I think there's two other things that stand out, guys, and it's road environments and depth. When you're playing at the group of five level, when you go on the road and play at Tulane in front of 18,000 fans, that's not the same as having to go on the road and play in front of 70 in a respective Power 5 conference. And then the depth. If you get banged up at the wrong spots, let's just say a J. Sanders goes down, the guy replacing him is not J. Sanders. So for the course of 13 weeks, that can take its toll. Listen, here's what I don't want to see happen, guys. It's for us to talk so much about this since he come out and lose, and then we don't have an argument at all. Don't do that. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's not have that. Just a reminder, you can catch Bear and Dez along with Reese, Kirk, Pollock, and Coach game day Saturday, 9 a.m. You are watching College Football Live, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. College Football Live is presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. Our featured rivalry game on Saturday, LSU looking to upset against Heisman hopeful quarterback Bryce Young and number two Alabama in Tuscaloosa, 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN and the app, one app, one tap. Now for this week's top performance, presented by Invesco QQQ. Kenneth Walker III rushed for 197 yards and five touchdowns in the win against Michigan last week. The number three Spartans take on the Boilermakers, 3.30 Eastern on ABC. Fellas, we've seen the initial rankings. There will live to be another day. We will revisit this in about a week or so. But for right now, Desmond is very popular in Cincinnati. Carry the torch, Des. Have fun. We'll see you back here tomorrow.